0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody, rugged, resilient, and timeless.
3: Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
4: You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth now.
5: Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? With my main man, Ralph Amsden. And today, Little Nas X has started a controversy and people are wanting to cancel Nike. Apparently, they can't read very well. Uh, March Madness has an East Coast bias. Will they finally admit it now that three Pac-12 teams are in the Elite Eight? Is tweet stealing okay? And what defines it? And should you receive a Twitter Twitter ban for that? Because I've heard that as well. And an interesting cancel or consequence today that you don't want to miss. And of course, the best of social media. Am I right sir, or am I wrong? Of course, it's the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you even show up. Otherwise, you're going to leave in tears. Um, you guys can hit us up. I'm mad, I am mad at unafraidshow.com Or you can text us 818-293-7547. 818-293-7547. And listen to us as well on the Pac 12 Apostles podcast, me, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 to 12 p.m. Pacific, uh, and 2 to 5 p.m. Sundays on Fox Sports Radio. And of course, most importantly, share the feed. Tell a friend about the the right story or wrong. Download and subscribe to podcasts. All of that. So, the beginning of the story today, Ralph, is, uh, is that Lil Nas X got everybody all riled up.
4: He got everybody all riled up. Yeah, I mean... Uh, what, what do you want? What do you want to talk about this? Like, there's so many angles to this. So uh, let's just get into the backstory of it, I guess.
5: Okay. So here's the thing that got everybody all bothered. So those are the shoes. That that's the box. Those are the shoes. They've got a pentagram on them. It and it's got a Bible verse. It's num- individually numbered. There are 666 pairs. The mark of the beast. All of these things and if you go to Satan's shoes on twitter they are trending and understandably these shoes are objectionable right so that's so that's the first thing but where the ignorance came in is you have people like clay travis other people talking about oh my god nike made these shoes they're everything's going to hell in a handbasket look at nike selling out to the devil and i'm just like what like where's the common sense like who saw the shoes and was like, and was like, yep, Nike, Nike made these. Like it's just people who are so ignorant about them. And I don't mean stupid. I'm saying like ignorant in terms of like lack of knowledge about the resale market and all of that. I'm just like, how does this work? Like how do, don't they know that people regularly buy shoes, sell them, Uh, change them around. It's no different than if somebody bought a, a Dodge, a, a Dodge truck and was like, I'm gonna make Satan Dodge trucks and sell them to people.
4: Right. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm learning a little bit about this. Like I'm, I've, I've been looking at camper vans recently and, um, and like the, the customization and the modification on those, um, You know, I, I was like, oh, I, I would love to get one of these like Mercedes camper vans that have all this stuff in them. Well, they don't come with that stuff. They actually get customized after the fact. And so, you know, uh, I, you know, the, my first call when I saw this, this Lil Nas X stuff, I was like, man, they're really putting blood in shoes. And I called my guy Chili. Who no, is like they can't. But blood head. would dry up. Right. I got you. I got you. But so I called my guy Chili, and he, you know, he's a massive sneakerhead. He got he, he got two hundred pairs of shoes in every room of his house, and he got a big house. So, you know, he was just like, "No, this is just like th- this is something that this same company did something with like holy water a little while back." Like it was called they- mischief. <clears throat> Right. And so they get these shoes, they do like a limited release and they mark them up and then they make a mint. And uh, and it's funny, too, because like I should have known better. I have uh, one of one of my wife's former coworkers is somebody who like paints sneakers for professional athletes to wear um, during games. But they're like one of one. Right. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm one of those dumb people that didn't connect the dots immediately. And I was just like, damn, Nike's wild. (laughs) Are you serious? You fell for that? My first thought, my first thought, it wasn't felt. I saw it on the timeline and I was like, damn, Nike needs to chill. Oh my God. Dude, when I first saw it, I was like,
5: okay, there's not a chance in hell Nike (laughs) made these shoes. I knew immediately. It didn't take me more than three seconds to figure this out.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just tired or I got a lot going on, but my, my first thought was like, huh. Okay, that's a bit much for, for my taste. I think it's corny and I don't like it. And then I called called my guy Chili and he was like, dude, don't be stupid. <laughs> like-
5: <laughs> the, what do you understand? Nike would never do that. There's not a yeah. chance in hell that they would ever make these shoes. But then people said, All right, well, why isn't Nike doing anything about it? And I was like, what <laughs> can they do? That right like m- Maybe that they can force them to take the Nike logo out of the out of the um, uh, out of the promotion for it. But that's about it. It's clearly an Air Max shoe. Clearly, they they bought fifteen hundred pair of Nike black on black Air Maxes or custom them with nike id which is probably what they most likely did they're selling these things for like 14 or 1500 bucks a pop like this is they changed the box made a new box and and people don't understand like if nike were going to well actually this mischief company uh, because uh somebody when i was going back and forth with clay they said well there's no way that they made made these by by hand. And I'm like, yes, they did. It's only six hundred and sixty-six pairs. I was like, you clearly don't know how shoes are made. Shoes are made literally by hand. Right. M- machines cut them and then people put them in the sewing machine or glue them on. It's not machines that do it. It's human
4: beings that actually do it. Right. And like I said, I got a friend who's got like a he's got like a coffee table that like rotates. He just like a barber's like a barber's chair just rotates while he paints different stuff on them in a, in a place with good lighting or whatever. And for this type of markup on on stuff like this, it's more than worth their time to go in. And there's not that many alterations to the shoe.
5: Yeah, and it's be 666 honest. pairs, dude. That's not right. that many. And and a perfect example of this is when Lem- is when the Ball family tried to do Big Baller Brand, and they were coming out with their own shoe. They found out that that the reason why their price point had to be so high is because creating a custom mold for a shoe and all of that is extremely expensive. And the fact that you're taking a shoe that was already made because you couldn't make that own shoe because then Nike would sue you. They would have license to sue you then. But once you buy their shoe, they can't stop you from doing anything to it just like GMC or Chevy or Tesla or whoever can't stop you from customizing your own vehicle. It's
4: the same exact principle. Right. And I mean, usually, usually Satan's not involved when you're customizing a vehicle. (laughs) And so usually that type of stuff actually goes to enhance the brand because it's like, look at all of these modifications that you can make to this, that, that should encourage people to go out and buy this base model. Right. Um, Let's just talk about the, the, the shoe and the concept in and it of itself. Um what was your initial reaction of like of Lil Nas X being like, hooray, Satan, here's a shoe. Well, I, I had seen the
5: clip of his video first, the new video, where he is up in heaven first, and then he slides down to um and then he slides down to, to hell on a stripper pole with High boots and something that that and then like some some draws the, about the size of what Michael Phelps would wear in a in a race, and he's twerking on Satan and then snaps Satan's neck and then takes Satan's crown off and puts it on himself and then his eyes change colors. So I had already seen this. So the the shoes didn't surprise me, but I was like. Damn, he really went to the edge. Like, he was, well, no, he didn't even go to the edge. He crossed, he went to the edge with the video and then crossed the line with the sneakers.
4: Yeah. Here's my thing it's the easiest thing in the entire world to get people upset about. It's such an easy mark. I'm a religious person, yep. a very religious person. And, uh, To me, all things devil and Satan is—it's not. I've never taken any of it seriously because it's—is just people trying to be contrarian toward a, a, a taboo for the majority. Yeah, right. And so every single time I see someone do something like this. All it reminds me of is like the kid in class growing up who the teacher would say something. And that one kid in class would be like, excuse me. Well, actually, like it's just, it's the one person who needs to be contrarian for attention and nothing works better for attention than being a contrarian, especially with social taboos. But it's not new. It's not new. I was in junior high watching Marilyn Manson do this same shit. I, I, He's, I watched- Exactly. It's a copycat. It's yeah, a two dollar version of what Marilyn Manson already did. Like I was five years old the first time I heard Madonna's "Like a Prayer." Like, th- uh, tell me the difference between these two things. Like, Madonna was talking about being on her knees and had like a priest in her video. Like, oh, I didn't see that. Uh, you you don't remember the, the "Like a Prayer" song? I remember the the song,
5: but oh, uh, you listen, you watch that music a video lot of time listening to watch
4: Madonna. Madonna videos. <laughs> You look like a big Madonna fan, George. No, I, I would say like if you were to go back and watch that music video and understand that I think it's from like the early nineties, and and then and look at Little Nas X and be like, oh, there's nothing original about this, and it's not. And and, and I mean, it's corn. It's Marilyn Manson. It's uh, system of a down. It's all these rock bands have been doing it forever. And then all of a sudden, like it exists in hip hop and everybody's up in arms. And the thing that frustrates me is more annoying than someone just being contrarian. Cause they know that it's going to work is everybody playing right into their hands. All the culture war people were like, see, this is what we've been talking about the entire time. And you got the governor of South Dakota and you got uh, a Kent State gun girl and you've got all these people that are playing right into his hands, getting outraged over what is essentially a cry for attention. They give him the attention. More people stream his latest song. More people drive up the price of these shoes. And then all of a sudden, Lil Nas X, who was kind of pigeonholed into uh, the most, yeah, which was the most streamed song ever, finds a way to completely bust past that barrier that he created for himself. And it's the conservatives and the culture warriors that actually help him do it. And I guess the whole thing that's so annoying to me is just how corny it is, and how predictably it worked. And so I guess more power to him for doing the exact thing that he knew that he he well, knew would work. And and I, a shame on everybody who fell for this. It just well, drives me nuts. Here,
5: here's the thing: is I think a certain portion of the population fell for it, and I think that there's a certain portion who just who just used it for clicks who used it to like, they knew that Nike didn't make the shoes. Nike released a statement. We have no affiliation with Lil Nas X or mischief or these shoes. We didn't make them. Oh, that's funny. And, but still, they still put out the articles. Yeah. It's, it's so disingenuous. And that's why you can't even trust a lot of what's what's said. That's why. Unafraid Joe is here for you.
4: (laughs) There you go. It's a little disclaimer. And and, uh, I just want to say, like, Lil Nas X, I get what you're doing here. It's corny. It's well-worn territory. Everybody that clutched their pearls about this, who was trying to say, like, this is where society's headed. This is where society's headed. This is where society has been for a really long time, is artists doing shocking things to get your attention that's that's all it's ever been it the actual erosion of society and the american family unit and everything like that all that stuff takes place on a on a on a like microscopic in the home level all this stuff that they're afraid of uh, of a singer or an athlete or anything else going on is actually the stuff that you have to worry about at the kitchen table and people are so much more outraged by what happens in pop culture than they are what's happening in living rooms and stuff like that, that it's just impossible for me to take any of this seriously. And everybody, everybody who had the same boilerplate statement um, about any of this, which is like, we've allowed this as a society, this is what we've become. This is where it was always headed. We told you so. Every single one of those people, I just want to shake them. I just want to shake them. (laughs) Dude, um,
5: I agree with you there.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
1: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support. Catering to every sleep need. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
5: Um, The next thing up, March Madness is upon us. We are all the way down to the Elite Eight. Bill Walton looks like a damn genius when he said five <laughs> Pac-12 teams would be in the final four. There are three in the elite eight right now. There were 25% of the, I'm sorry. T- yeah, 25% of the um, Sweet 16 was Pac-12. Two Pac-12 teams played each other. So the Pac-12 was undefeated yeah, uh, in the round of 16. Now there are three teams left. And I think Gonzaga should be afraid because USC is so damn big. If they are making their three-pointers like they shot, I think, three for se- 11 for 17 against Oregon, I don't know if they can be beat, to be
4: honest. You're right. Um, that's got to be the best game of the weekend by a long shot, right? I mean... I don't, I don't see any other game coming anywhere close to that. I think some people, with the way that USC is playing, would consider that to be whoever wins that game should be the favorite to win the championship. And I think that anybody who thinks that way is absolutely correct. Um, I absolutely love the length of USC. To me, Gonzaga is still the team to beat in the tournament. I know I'm a massive Pac-12 homer, but I got to roll with the fact that I, I firmly believe that Gonzaga has the best freshman in the country, and knowing that he's not even a top-two player on that team. Oh, Suggs. Yeah, I think that that makes them. I think that that makes them a really tough out. And so, I mean, if USC can pull it off, then I I, I think that that it's time to really start thinking about um, a, a USC national championship. But we're that much closer to an, a USC UCLA Final Four matchup. Is yes, that, dude. That, oh my I lord! Would,
5: I would love that. And just so anybody knows, and we'll talk about it on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast too. This shows you. Last night, my tweet after the game, after Oregon lost to USC shows, I backed the pack no matter what. Like, oh, I remember uh, after last week's episode, we were talking about how people were saying um, uh, that they don't back their conference no matter what. And here's what I tweeted after. I said, Oregon losing to USC at anything sucks. Good thing it doesn't happen very often. But the good news is the Pac-12 has three teams in the Elite Eight, back-to-pack March Madness. Now, out of those three teams, though, I would rather UCLA win the championship than any of those. But <laughs> I mean, if I have to choose between the three, if if it's one of the three, then I'm gonna choose them. But if I only get if they say George, either USC or nobody can win, I would. I would let USC win.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think this – do you think this is a reckoning for the national media, or do you think we're just going to fall into the same pattern of disrespect? I'm about to find out what this what this East Coast bias is all about because this is my last show from Arizona. The next time that we get together to do right or Wrong or the Pac-12 Apostles, I'm going to be in North Carolina. Right. So I'm, I'm going to finally start to see just how difficult it is for these people who I don't feel like are putting in the effort to actually watch West Coast basketball. But do you feel like this is finally the reckoning? Because I mean, even Myron Metcalf, like Myron Metcalf, if, if he, if he doesn't have some type of regret, over putting four Pac-12 teams in the, in his bottom five in the round of 16 and yes. then seeing three of those teams break through. If he doesn't have any regret on that, then he's just doing this for clicks and we shouldn't Dude, take him seriously at all. if he
5: re-ranks the Elite Eight and his three Pac-12 teams in and he has them
4: six, seven, and eight. That, then that would be him keeping the same energy and I would actually respect it more. But I, I, I hope that he's having some type of internal reckoning right now over, over the fact that he's been consistently wrong throughout this. And it's been a reflection of just the national media's attitude toward the Pac-12. Because I remember I got laughed at when I said all five Pac-12 teams are winning at least game, one game in the tournament. We still have three left that are alive. <laughs> it's, even, it's even exceeded my expectations. And the only reason why that is because they had to play each other too. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if, if 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 it had worked out differently, there's a chance that Oregon's still dancing right now. And and what's funny is the one team that you were all in on there at the last minute is the only one that was was out of it. But even they look good. Damn and so, chance. like, it's it. I hope that this is a wake up call for the national media because it's just getting ridiculous. And if they don't own it, they have to own it. They have to eat it. We have to remind they're not them.
5: going to own it. Well, actually, no, no, no. they will own it. In terms of saying, listen, this is an outlier. We get it. You know, we undervalued the Pac-12, but we'll do that shit again next season. Just so you know,
4: they underranked them going into the tournament, and they underranked more, more them than than that, all year. All right. So that's the thing that I wanted to bring up is all year long there was you could it was you could only have one Pac-12 team in the top twenty-five. That was sort of the unspoken rule. Highest you could get was like nineteen. Right, and now there's eight teams left. So what are we gonna talk? We're gonna talk about this. I remember there was even one point this year, and I don't mean to throw you under the bus. There's one point this year on our other show when I said, "Hey, I think there might be something to this Oregon State team," and uh, I I, I might have to go back and find out what you said in in
6: in, in your reply to that.
5: Dis dismissed them totally, (laughs) totally until they beat Oregon and twice, and I was like, "Oh, wait, hold on." (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. That might be like that. That was the thing that because that's usually a layup of a game. And then I saw them beating other people, and I was like, "Wait, hold on, I don't understand." And every every game, they're like, "Oh, they're done today." Nope, no, they're done today. Nope, I'm not so sure that they're done tomorrow. I'm no, no, no. Today, I'm not sure if they're done today, bro.
4: So, give me your percentage chance of. Zero, one, two, or three Pac-12 teams in the final four?
5: Okay, 0% chance. I say it's very low. I'm going to give it a a 5% chance that you get zero teams.
4: Okay, 5% chance that you get zero teams. Okay. I'm going to
5: go 75% chance that you get one team. Okay. I'm going to go... 48 percent chance you get two
4: okay and then a three percent chance that you get three so it you're saying it is more likely this is a terrible way to phrase it based on what you just did but it's more likely no pac 12 teams get a win this upcoming weekend than all three
5: hmm actually i'll give them both the same percentage five Okay. okay okay Yeah, they both deserve the same. Yes, z- zero. I mean, but the, it's only a five percent chance either, either way. Uh, so I think that that's a very remote possibility.
4: Yeah, and I, I, I will say this: I will Venmo anybody five dollars who gets suspended from Twitter uh, <laughs> when in in the event that all three team Pac twelve teams go. out Oh my out, god, we this will weekend? be obnoxious. If, if three Pac-12 teams go out, so there's no Pac-12 teams left in the Final Four, and you see anybody in the national media come out and they waited this long to say it, like, see, the Pac-12's not all that. If you get yourself suspended from Twitter, letting those people know how you feel about them lying in wait to bash the Pac-12, I will Venmo you $5. Make
5: it make it a total of $10. i am in, too. I'm into. I'm into.
4: <laughs> yeah, I it's, it's i feel like we're endorsing we are literally paying for targeted <laughs> harassment but I'm, I'm i don't think that that scenario is even going to exist because i think we're at least getting one pac 12 team through I, would I I think i think ucla and oregon state have a really good chance and yes. usc is I'm, I'm rooting for usc but at the same time i'm rooting for my bracket <laughs> so i got a little bit of a conflict there dude your your bracket is cooked at this point in point in time let me let
5: me check to see where you are in (laughs) the standings because I was in first place until, um, until yesterday afternoon when Oregon lost. So now I'm in third. Oh my God. My, my auntie's in second place. Jeez. So now I have, Oh, geez. I only have three teams still alive, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Arkansas.
4: I think I'm in the exact same boat, and I lost Alabama to UCLA last night, and I didn't mind that at all.
5: Yeah, but there is one person who still has all four of their final four teams left, but, yeah, that's all they have. So, geez louise, dude. So, I need Houston to lose today. I need Houston and Arkansas to lose today for me to even have a shot but my aunt Vicky is balling right now dude and <laughs> but Ralph is sitting at Oh you're you're sitting comfortably in
4: 11th That's why I'm I'm just I'm I'm just waiting for everybody else to slip up that's all
5: Yeah okay you dude well you math- mathematically you still do have a shot my son was in first place for a while too. He doesn't even watch college bas- bas- basketball, but he's he's almost toast. I mean, he's in fifth place now. But uh yeah. Uh the next thing up. Tweet stealing, Ralph. And this came up because of this tweet. It was a tweet um from some guy, uh old quirky bastard. <laughs> and it said, it was a picture of Elmo sitting next to a black dad and his son, but they're, you know, puppets too. And he says, but what if Elmo is just singing along to Elmo's favorite song? Can Elmo say it then? <laughs> and apparently oh, this is no. stolen from M- Matthew Cherry. First thing is, I want to address the tweet first, because the first thing is, I don't know how you see that tweet and don't read it in your head in Elmo voice. Oh, of course,
4: uh, yeah, no. I'm, I, anytime I see Elmo, it's always you go right to it for sure. Yeah.
5: So even though Elmo had his own Elmo's voice, voice man had his own demons, but um, <laughs> but it's Elmo who, um, yeah, this, this whole Elmo Elmo vo, uh, voice thing. Just It raised a larger question about, you know, can you say it or whatever? You already know what they're referring to, the N-word. So we don't even need to discuss that because we have discussed that. But it's the tweet-stealing aspect of it. So if you retweet that, if you use that same picture and a version of that, so if instead of saying, like, you use, you know, like, it's clearly the same thing. Is that a tweet-steal? And is that legal?
4: Okay, so two things. How many retweets did that tweet get specifically? Do we know? Uh, yes. Hold on. Because um... I think I think that there's always that thing of like where you take somebody's tweet and then it blows up more than the original. So you, is, the, I, is that a problem? Well, I, you know, I think I think I personally hate to see that. I try not to ever copy what anybody else is, is doing out there but we'd be fools to not admit that twitter was built on this do you remember the okay, will got, ferrell this, account this
5: one got retweeted twenty eight thousand times <laughs> and quote tweeted twenty three hundred and hundred and ninety three thousand likes
4: okay but like do you do you remember the Will Farrell Twitter like Twitter account it wasn't Will Farrell he's never been on Twitter oh but are it was like, with the uh, anchor man th- one yeah or Philly Werrell Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So there used to be this whole economy of Twitter accounts from, I I would say like 2012 to 2016, where they would just use each other's tweets to blow up. And then there was like this, almost like a competition aspect to it. There was like a fave star thing where like the tweet account, the accounts that got the most favorites and retweets were like recommended by Star of like, you should follow them for the best content. So somebody would make a good tweet and then immediately it would get jacked. And um, who else used to uh, take that stuff? The, the fuck Jerry guys. Um, uh, oh, who's the Jewish guy? The fat Jew. Was that his name on? Yeah. Yeah. So he would take, and it was just all this, all, all economy of, People who took viral tweets and then used them for their own clout to build up their own content. Facebook still kind of works like that, where people just screenshot and, and put stuff out there. I would say, like, all right, this is my one time I'm actually gonna get to use my literature degree. Okay, so in school we learned Edgar Allan Poe would write a poem like The Raven or or whatever else. Yeah. Um, and the first step of anything getting popular would be uh, conversation. Right? Yeah. So everybody would say like, did you read this? Did you read this? Did you read this? Step two would be um, imitation. And so other people would try to do similar things or pass the work off as their own. And step three to where, you know, that something actually blew up or went viral pre-internet times was parody. So when something got big enough parody would ride its wave of success. And that's why like you had guys like Weird Al Yankovic that was able to make songs like I'm Fat, right? And the, and and, uh, and Amish Paradise. And those songs would go platinum because the songs that he was making fun of were 10 times more popular and you had reached that third stage of parody. In the age of the internet, this stuff happens super quick. Yeah. So like something happens, it's funny, and somebody else with a much larger reach is able to just take it and blow it up and i'm not offended by it but if i know a tweet is jacked i never retweet it if i know somebody's a serial tweet jacker i mute their account um but that's just my own personal standards and then some stuff i gotta let slide like i don't know if you saw that uh the the movie about the founding of mcdonald's with tom hanks in it yeah like all you find out that like oh mcdonald's yeah. is a stolen idea um, yes yes when you watch the social network and you're like, Oh, I guess the Winklevoss twins aren't the assholes that everybody made them out to be Yeah, <laughs> like Facebook's a stolen idea. So I think we, we just live in an economy of like whoever has the ability to take the idea and get it. The most reach is going to have the most success with it. So you just have to find a way personally to, to, to have your own personal standards. So I'm against tweet jacking. I would never do it, but I saw that tweet first. I saw it before the Matthew Cherry one, and that's the one that I sent to you.
5: Yep. So, so see, here's the here's the thing is, is that when it comes to tweet jacking, right, or it, especially if it's a picture, and it's not an actual the the words to the tweet, if it's just a picture, like if it's just a meme, then because I remember somebody from Barcelona hit me up one one time, like, "Yo, you stole this
4: from me." I was like. Bro, can okay. follow you? Oh, first of all, Barstool is like they're the lead tweet jackers. C- correct. They have a they have an account. Uh, Barstool has an account on Twitter called Chip Skylark. And it's based off of a cartoon character. And they rip videos to that account and then they tweet the videos from the account that they already ripped so that there's a degree of separation between the steel. People have written a bunch of articles about how Barstool actually gets around um the rules about jacking other people's content because they put they put it on these burner accounts and then they tweet it from the burner or they'll quote tweet the burner or they'll tweet the video that they already ripped to the burner uh Barstool is they nobody who works for Barstool or has Barstool in their name has any uh any ability to say anything so when it comes to tweet aggregation.
5: He said to me he was like yo you stole my tweet. I was like bro I don't follow you. I didn't see your tweet. Somebody text this meme to me and I tweeted it out to me. That's not a steal. And then the thing I told him, I was like, yo, if it's yours, put a watermark on it, put a watermark on it, which is what creators do because that way, at least because stuff gets passed around so much, That way at least people can then say, oh, here's where it came from. Let me go check out that person's page because they're probably interested. Right. It just says the shade room in big letters. You remember that? Yeah. Media MTO, media takeout. TMZ. Whoever, do watermark your stuff if you don't want nobody to take it. If you don't, if you don't watermark it, you've given up all, you've literally. Not even intentionally giving up your license to, to complain about this. It's
4: it, it, At some point, you got to realize like y- you can complain, but you're swimming with sharks. And if you get bit, you're swimming with sharks like you're in this content aggregation chamber that known as Twitter, where everybody's looking for some type of content to stay relevant. And if they have a reach that you don't, they're going to take your stuff. They're yep. going to take your stuff. It That would be like, <laughs> I mean, that would be like wearing a uh, uh, clear pants out on the street in some neighborhoods with pockets full of cash. Like, they see the cash <laughs> in your pockets. What do you think is going to happen? Like you just have to, you have to use good sense in some places and understanding that that's the way that Twitter works. I would not do it. I do not like people who do it, but that is what t- Twitter was built on it. It was like, seriously from 2012 to 2016, all I would ever see is the same eight accounts tweeting other people's stuff.
6: That's
5: how it works, buddy. Uh, The next thing up is cancel or consequence.
4: Ralph, you can, you can tell the people about this story. Okay. So cancel or consequence is a segment that we do where we discuss whether uh, something that's happening in pop culture at any given time is a product of cancel culture um, or it's actually a consequence for somebody's actions mistakenly being passed off as as cancel culture. So in today's, we have a very famous journalist named Glenn Greenwald, writer for The Intercept and probably best known for helping Edward Snowden leak government documents. Nice. Um, if you're wondering why Glenn Greenwald never got arrested for doing any of this, uh, for being on Julian Assange's level while Julian Assange is – you know, locked in a closet somewhere, uh, overseas. Um, Glenn Greenwald lives in Brazil and he has lived in Brazil for a long time comments on American everything, but doesn't actually live here. So he's kind of outside of the reach of the government, although I'm sure they'd like to have a conversation with him. Um, so Glenn Greenwald as a journalist is a very, um, uh, he he prides himself on being very independent and part of his more recent brand is bashing the media for the things that they do. Um, not in the same way uh, and not super unlike the way that Trump would, but he actually gives reasons. Meanwhile, Trump would just be like enemy of the people. So Glenn Greenwald likes to point out a lot of issues that he has with the media. And today he did that. And so I want to know from you, George, if this is cancel culture uh, on the part of Glenn Greenwald, or this is consequences Um, So let's get into it. Glenn Greenwald found a story um, that was written in USA Today. The story is called Insurrection Fundraiser. Capital riot extremists and Trump supporters continue to use fundraising platforms to pay their legal bills. So a girl named Brenna T. Smith tweets this out. She's an investigations intern at USA Today. She's getting a job at New York Times, but for right now, she's an intern at USA Today. She tweeted out her article and she said, my first story with USA Today, the defendants in the January 6th Capitol riot are continuing to crowdfund their legal fees online using popular payment process despite a growing crackdown from tech companies. So Glenn Greenwald saw this tweet from this young woman, her first story in USA Today, and he took issue with it because he believes that she's trying to get companies in. She's He believes that she's using activist journalism to try to get companies to stop allowing the people who participated in the the, the riots at the Capitol on January 6th from finding ways to raise money for their lawyers, which they're gonna need. Um, So Glenn Greenwald quote tweeted it and said, congratulations on using your new journalistic platform to try to pressure tech companies to terminate the ability of impoverished criminal defendants to raise money for their legal defense from online donations. You're well on your way upward in this industry for sure. So from that one tweet, we have a massive fallout. Journalists from all over the country are saying Glenn Greenwald is trying to direct harassment toward an intern a young female intern uh meanwhile glenn greenwald is saying um why are you criticizing me for criticizing her this is the usa today and it's a major story it shouldn't matter what her gender is it shouldn't matter how long she's been on the job he said i had no idea she was an intern but you can't have it both ways you can't make someone the lead reporter on a major news story in one of the biggest papers in the united states then say they're too fragile to be critiqued and my criticism was of the article so what do you think of this george one of the biggest reporters in the country going after a literal intern on her first major story, essentially saying that she's trying to get these people disenfranchised and criticizing her on that basis. Is is this cancel culture on Glenn Greenwald's part? Or sh- is he saying there should be legitimate consequences for this type of journalism?
5: All right. There's a couple of... There's a couple of things to un- unpack here, right? First thing is... The first thing is, okay, um, is just the fact that, that, well, let's start with their legal defenses, right? Right. Should they be allowed to do that? Like Before we even get to the article, should the people be allowed to crowdsource their um, legal things? Absolutely. The same way that anybody else should. The other part of it is, is that do is that these companies have a choice about what they want on their platform, about whether they want to allow this in general, about whether they would allow it for these people or other people. I mean, like because they can say, listen, we're not allowing legal defense crowdsourcing on our platform, period. Right. No matter whether we feel it's objectionable or not or whatever. The company has the right to do that. That's the first thing. But the other thing is, is that should they be allowed to crowdsource in general? Yes, because if this was somebody who is on death row and we feel like that they were um, unfairly there, the DNA doesn't say, like they were railroaded, then nobody would have a problem with it. So I, I, I think that these people are entitled to a defense. Despite how wrong I feel like they were. This is the United States. They should have a defense. And if people want to donate to it, I don't have a problem with it, but I do believe the company has a choice on whether or not to allow that in general on their platform.
4: I agree. I I, I agree with you. Um, I think, everybody's entitled to a defense. That's one of the most beautiful things about being in America is that guilty people at least get to fight, you know, (laughs) and innocent people get to fight. And, uh, and, but that costs money. And so if people want to donate to, um, a legal cause, then they should be able to donate to a legal cause. And if a company is going to allow them to do it, I don't understand the point of, Of you know, and I'm I'm not saying that this young woman is trying to pressure them into not doing that, but that would ultimately probably be the end consequence of highlighting the fact that some crowdfunding platforms are still allowing stuff like this. Would be to say that you know we want it um, shut down. Calling something controversial is usually saying like, hey, there's people who don't want this to happen, and we're going to have credence to their viewpoint. I don't feel like it's controversial. I think your crowdfunding exists for the crowd to fund. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it is. I think that you should leave that up to them. And if companies want to process those payments, then companies are going to process those payments so long as it's not illegal. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so, and I, and I feel for these, uh, George, I feel for these people that are having to mount their legal defense when the plaintiff is the federal government. Oh, dude, they're, they're toast unless they're, unless they know somebody. Um, But
5: then the other part of it is about Greenwald going again, going at the young lady who wrote the article. Here's the thing is, I totally agree with him. If you are going to write in an article in the USA Today, it got published. You you have a real job. So like you so you may be an intern now, but you have a real job. Like, so she's working at the New York Times coming up, right? Yeah. You have your big boy pants on. Yeah, you have your big girl pants on. So people are going to come at you. This is the first of many. If you are a great writer and you write about things that are that are uh, either controversial or that people could potentially find objectionable, this won't be the first time. So, so sorry. Sorry. You chose to write about something that's a hot button topic and and it caused people to get upset. Everybody's not going to cheer. Everybody's not going to smile. I, I I feel I have no sympathy for her, not even a little bit. And it's not because I think she did something wrong or anything. I just think that like, yo, like this is part of the territory.
4: Yeah, and I think I think the the overarching criticism that people will tell you that that Glenn Greenwald went after the intern because he's trying to exploit the power balance, right? Like that he's a big evil man and he's going after the person that doesn't have the ability to defend themselves. He's well, she to does because their-
5: she got a pen too.
4: Right. And so that, that's what I said. I I would just encourage her to let the work speak for itself and keep doing your job and and follow your conscience. And, and, and unfortunately in the world of media, this actually works in her favor, right? Like this, if if she wants to, she now has the spotlight on her. She got 12,000 followers. Now, I don't know what she started the day at, but she has the opportunity now to do the work that she's doing for a much larger audience Those people might not be super receptive and they might be, they might have a lot of animosity toward her, but the stage is yours. The stage is yours. And so um, I I would take that criticism and and I would use it. If you stand by your work and you believe in your work as the opportunity to just say like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to prove myself from, from here on out. Um, But that being said, I do agree with you in the fact that if you're going to participate in this economy, we don't have time for who's young or who's female. All we have time for is the truth. Do your best to tell the truth. I got this post-it on on my computer that I stare at every single day. Tell the truth, or someone will tell it for you. Ooh, once you're once you're that. out in this economy, you just gotta be yourself and understand that you know all of those things that you believe might make you a protected class, which I don't think it does anybody fa- any favors for 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 people to be standing up for her saying, but oh she, but she's just a young woman. Like, no, let her what fight, let her scrap, mean? let her do her job. Like she
5: just, women are powerful, just as powerful. So leave, leave them be. If he, if he had said something about her gender as related to it, then yeah, I can understand yeah. people coming to her defense, but she don't need defending
4: for this. Right. And I, I think that, that, yeah, you got a byline in USA today, count your blessings, keep grinding do your best to tell the truth. People now people are going to
5: say some mean things to you. Like, yeah, I, it's, and, it's unfortunate, but this is the
4: this is the path you chose. And people hate the media right now. Like you are you're knowingly getting into a field where there's never been less trust for your particular profession. So you're going to have to find a way to stand on your own two feet in this game, and 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 hopefully you just let the truth speak for you. Glenn Greenwald is somebody who believes that regardless of what your intentions were, that you're out to get the little guy. That's just who he is in that moment. You're going to have to face down those criticisms. And that, and
5: it's okay. It'll make you a better journalist. Then maybe the next time in the article, she addresses that as part of like, where it's like Eminem and eight mile. I already know what you're going to say against me. I am white. My mom is, (laughs) I do live in a trailer with my mom. My but I, future isn't Uncle Tom. I got a dumb I, friend named Cheddar Bob who shoots himself <laughs> in his leg with his own gun. I did get jumped by all six of you chumps.
4: And I would say that in, in there is a I, I respect and sympathize with Glenn Greenwald's ideology in essence of like always never cape for the government. Never yeah. cape for the government. They're more than capable, right? Never cape for the government. (laughs) Never cape for the government. They're more than capable. So I get where he's coming from on that end. Um, But, you know, at at the time that it's such a delicate thing, because at the time that that happened, those people were part of a government movement that was in control and so, but I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, American rights are American rights. America should impart rights to um, uh, Americans and people within an American jurisdiction at all times. That's part of what makes living here so great. Is the idea that you would be afforded uh, uh, those rights, and I hope those people all have great defenses and and ultimately face. Uh, a, a justice that, that that makes sense and that can provide uh, an opportunity back for them. I'm worried for a, I'm worried for a lot of them that they're never going to see the light of day again, and and uh, it, that that'll happen when the plaintiff is the federal government. <laughs> yep, absolutely, dude.
2: Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand; it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.
5: What's up? I'm John Wall.
6: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust visit paramountplus.com slash the shy to get a 50 percent discount off the paramount plus with showtime annual plan offer ends july 14th subscription auto renews
1: restrictions apply tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
5: Um, The next thing up is the best of social media. We got some good things for you guys today. So the best of social media is where we talk about the things that we've seen over the last couple of days or the day that was the best thing going. And here's the first thing. We had LaMelo Ball, who's out with a broken thumb or wrist or whatever the hell he broke. He plays for the Hornets and he's out. And watch this. He's sitting on the bench watching his team play without him. And he looks like he just is not going to make it to the end of the season.
4: The mellow ball has probably burned uh, 2000 calories, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he's like, "Man, can I play yet?" <laughs>
5: yeah. Dude, he's twitching, his foot's is his foot is tapping. He's just like, "Let me out there. Let me out there. I'll play with this cast on if you let me." I
4: felt that in my bones. That would that that exact thing was me when I had a, at one point in school, I had a math right before lunch. And that was me. The last three minutes of every class, <laughs> like, <laughs> let me out of this goddamn classroom. I want to go eat. Like, <laughs> yeah. just your neck starts itching. Your feet can't stop moving. You got too much caffeine. You just, you just like, I, 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 can't, I can't be here. I can't watch this. That's the most relatable he's ever been. Um, what a cool clip. I'm, I'm, I'm about to go out to Charlotte, and and it makes him that much easier to root for. Well, he's a Uh, baller.
5: That makes him super easy to root for. But I I felt him on this because just being hurt sucks, dude. It sucks so, so much. But this made me like him even more because he cares. Like You can always appreciate athletes when they care so much, and he cares, so I'm in. I hope
4: that's the case and he wasn't, like, rolling or something. Like, (laughs) we're like, look how much this dude cares. And he's just... (laughs) And he was high. He was like,
5: yeah. uh, um, (laughs) The next thing is, is Matt Gay, former punter at, I mean, kicker at Utah. He got some social media hate. Here is what was said. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to pull it up. I can't read it from the, from this box. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, uh, the person said to him from Dre Dre driving so at driving so slow on Instagram. He said, you fucking bum. Hope you die. Hope the Rams cut you to cut you to them Madden nights
4: to wait. What am I reading that correctly? I think he got auto correct. I think nights is supposed to be the N word. <laughs> oh my God.
5: Yes, you are. You are right. You fucking bum. Hope you die. Hope there's no punctuation. Hope the Rams cut you to. Oh, it's supposed to be 200. It's CWO. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hope them hope the Rams cut you to them madden nights. <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to be uh the N-word to boost your your kicking because it ain't cutting it. Next next message. Your wife bad as hell though. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Gay re, he re, he tweeted it out and he said he ain't wrong about my wife though <laughs> I appreciated that tweet because I was like yo I don't mind that's the way you're supposed to handle it he outed the dude but then like how are you gonna say that you hope I get cut hey but your wife bad though like what you're lusting for my wife while you're rooting for my demise that that (laughs) is that is so that's not even abnormal to me that's like that's a lot of hater men out there who
4: do that i guess so i guess so. what i'm trying to figure out is if he was like he missed a kick with him in madden and then jumped on instagram and try to tell him like hey you gotta get a hold of madden because it's not cutting it. Yeah, but uh, respect to your wife.
0: <laughs> like,
4: hey, I don't know. That,
5: that was like
4: that was like
5: how black parents how they make up to their kids when like they go off on their kids. Do you know how they make up to them? Huh? They go up to their room and be like, "Hey, yo, you, uh, you want something to eat? Do you want to eat? Who's ready? <laughs> that that's how black parents." Make up to you. They were like, hey, yo, hey, yo, come, come eat. The food's ready. So that's what that part of the tweet was.
4: <laughs> I just, it was, it ended respectfully. I appreciate it.
5: Yeah. Next thing is this. One got to go, Ralph. One got to go. Bacon, tacos, donuts, or sushi. And I feel like you're, you're an expert on this because. <laughs>
4: What? that am I I'm supposed to be offended? What's happening right
5: now? No, 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 no. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying because I feel like that, that encompasses your entire diet, probably. My diet?
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, bacon, come on.
5: tacos, donuts, and sushi. If they if they threw burgers in there, it would be perfect, probably.
4: All right. For for real though, I don't, I'm not I'm not really a red meat guy, so like bacon could go and it wouldn't hurt my feelings. What? it wouldn't hurt my feelings over over sushi and tacos but but i'm not going to kick bacon out for donuts ever donuts donuts are always always sound better than they actually are no rarely 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 do you get a donut that matches your craving for a donut rarely
5: mine so, cuz
4: I, I i make sure they're
5: fresh they're hot like a like, you got to go to Krispy Kreme with the hot light on. You have to go to the donut shop like mid morning around like ten o'clock after they got rid of the stuff from yesterday and the new stuff comes out. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's okay. I like I, I like donuts. I like donuts, but not enough to give up. Uh, I don't know. I I don't. I don't eat a lot of bacon, but more recently, um, I've been. Uh, the, the tray that you put it on that like burns all the grease off and like keeps it elevated or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm eating bacon off of, yeah, off the of rack those and
5: putting, and putting yeah. it in the oven. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a different, bacon that's a undefeated. different world
4: than, than, than microwaving that cheap Oscar Meyer bacon. You stuff, microwave so. bacon. I, I did not. i I'm, I'm not going to, you can make fun of my parents for this. This is, this is on them, not me when when okay. it came time when it came time to choose to eat bacon after moving out of the house i just quit eating it because it was never that good to me now i'm finding out i've been eating it wrong and i'm like oh okay i get it i get why everybody loves bacon but at at the same time I, i've lived enough of my life in a satisfactory manner without it that it could go or donuts could go i'm not giving up tacos or sushi ever do you know what I used to eat <laughs> when I used to be at my grandma's
5: house? Some of the, some of the time she would make for me in the morning when I was living in Memphis, before I would go to go to school, she would make me, she would put, she would cook some bacon. Uh, if, if we were short on time, she would cook it in the microwave, but uh, the majority of the time she would cook it on the stove. She would cook it, get a piece of white bread. Put some mayonnaise on it, okay, and put the bacon on it, and I was happy as hell, dude. Bacon bacon, and mayonnaise, bacon and mayonnaise sandwich is undefeated. (laughs) On white, it's got to be on Wonder White. Like if you're gonna eat that sandwich for some reason, it doesn't taste good on because I tried it on the like twelve grain bread I have at my house. It doesn't. It doesn't go. (laughs)
4: <laughs> so that's your one uh, because of because of your grandma, you got a soft spot for that one cheap, quick, easy meal. Uh, white, yeah, yeah, white white bread is good
5: for obviously barbecue. It's good for yeah, yeah. It's good for barbecue and bologna
4: sandwiches. Like that's what you got. That see see people sleep on bologna. Fried it's not the greatest thing in the world. are. And, and with Miracle Whip, you put Miracle Whip on bologna. It's two weird foods, but oh, for some reason together. Oh. I'm telling you, I'm Miracle telling you, George. Whip. I'm telling you, Miracle Whip only exists for a bologna sandwich. It shouldn't exist for any other reason. And you put uh, and that those weird craft singles on it. Oh, with, bro, with like I would Wonder never, Bread? Do you understand? Four I bad foods. would never
5: eat craft sing,
4: singles. It's not Neither even would cheese. I. Neither would I. Neither would I. But those four bad foods, when their powers combined, it's magical. Like Wonder Bread, Bologna, Miracle Whip, and a Kraft single, and for some reason it works.
5: Dude, I I can't eat craft singles, dude. I cannot like my body <laughs> re- rejects it.
4: So you got to answer the question. You already criticized me and told me that that was my whole diet. <laughs> I did. I I did kill some donuts yesterday. I'm not gonna lie. No. But I so bacon I, tacos, I, donuts, or sushi for me? I'd give up three of them just to make sure that tacos. Were like never ending float into my household.
5: Okay. I would probably have to give up.
4: Damn. I probably have to give up bacon. We had to have cost ourselves listeners.
5: No, I would have two, to give up two bacon grown
4: men throwing bacon out the window. Okay.
5: Because, because the thing is, as far as sweets go, there's really only two things I really, really love. Ice cream and donuts. So, like, I—I I mean, I got salty stuff in there, so I can always get some pork with with some carnitas tacos. Okay,
4: yeah, I mean, there's still prosciutto. They don't say anything about prosciutto. Yes, um,
5: or and I can smoke some pork belly and make um and make uh candied
4: uh pork uh pork belly burnt ends. All right, so you, you already got your workarounds in. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like any any men out there listening to this that are like, it's two grown men had a podcast where they both said they'd give up bacon, and it wasn't even like they weren't even sad about it. And I don't know. I feel and like I our credibility bacon, is that. ruined. No, I love
5: bacon, but out of those four 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 things, and I know a lot of people are like, you wouldn't give up.
4: So you would give up sushi? Yeah, it's because you haven't had great sushi. Oh, uh, well, for <laughs> real. The first time that you have it the right way, and I feel that way about bacon now too. Once you have it the right way, it's like, okay.
5: yep the last thing the best of social media is and we, we were actually supposed to talk about it earlier is this the greatest throw of all time Ralph by Sam Darnold he's going to the left and he flicks it like 40 yards just a look at that look at that wrist well actually no it's not 40 yards he's on the 40 uh that's like a 30 yard throw 30-yard throw on the money, going to his left with a dude traveling to his right.
4: I mean, it was a flick. Tell me that that's not one of the greatest throws in NFL history. It's really good, man. And I I think part of your overarching point of trying to say the Jets don't need a quarterback. Is that what you're going for? Yes. Uh, I disagree, but uh, I think Sam Darnold could probably make himself into a hell of a player outside of New York.
5: Okay. Oh, dude, I have one more thing. Is that well, see, the thing is, dude, he was being coached by a saboteur. He was being coached by a saboteur in Adam Gates. So like I feel sorry for the man, and I think that he should get another opportunity. Like that's like that's it. Like, just like Ryan Tannehill, if it weren't for him getting a second chance we wouldn't know who he is right now because of Adam Gase. Cause Adam Gase is a career tanker.
4: There was a few times last year when I said, is Ryan Tannehill the MVP and you got mad at me, but I, I thought it was that good of a year to where he belonged in the conversation. And so you might be right. Okay. So, and then this next thing
5: goes upon the theme of st- stolen tweets, but also, but like not right. So the guy that people think that Sam Darnold should be replaced with is Zach Wilson from um, Zach Wilson from BYU. And I saw a tweet and they said, Zach Wilson looks like a quarterback playing in a Disney movie about football. And I was like, he absolutely does. And then granted all the stereotypical, oh, blonde hair, perfect pecs, a white guy with light eyes um and to me i was like yes he does look like a quarterback in a disney movie but he also has so much stereotypical quarterback face that it would scare me as a gm like it would he looks so like i'm like
4: no i'm not drafting this dude am i being am i being tricked by my body's own response to symmetry and when people talk about like finding somebody attractive like am i being tricked by the Yeah. By by the looks. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm like, it would scare me.
5: And then last season was an outlier against a soft schedule. And I'm like,
4: he's Bo Callahan from draft day. I don't know if he's Bo Callahan from draft day, because I think everybody in Provo really likes him. But I I would say, I'd say he had plenty of people at his birthday party. But my, my thing with him is, are you stable enough to enable all the things that he's good at as a franchise? And if you're picking early, so now this brings me back to the whole 49ers thing, you know, are you ready to give him the reins day one? And if you're not ready to give him the reins day one, then keep building, Um, keep, keep building around the pieces that you already have in place. I don't get it. I, I I understand him. He could he could end up being really good, and I have no problem. You know, I think I'm an optimist when it comes to a lot of the quarterbacks in every draft. The year that Lamar uh, Jackson was drafted, all five of those quarterbacks I loved. I still love Josh Rosen. I'm still yep. blown away that somebody hasn't put him in a in a healthier situation. Well, but he's I just, in San Francisco now, so he may get a shot. Yeah, maybe when you when you're talking about the first one or two quarterbacks off the board that is where i start to really parse things and really talk about like you need to find the the thing that best fits with your organization because a guy who throws a great ball or a guy who has escapability it, it, you they need to match up with your city and what you're doing yep. in in a lot of different ways the the way that Ben Roethlisberger matched up with with Pittsburgh the way that Lamar Jackson matches up with with Baltimore like you need you need somebody who's going to come in and and just be the personality of your entire franchise and um, and when you're talking about having the first couple of picks in the draft, if you don't feel like this is a person that can be there for 15 years, you shouldn't be entertaining the idea. I don't like to see him in those conversations. At the top, top, I like to see him fall into a, a situation where he is just in a healthy situation, and it gives him the opportunity to succeed when he jumps in. So I, I don't know, man. I, I I think that looking at him, if people say, that looks like a quarterback to me, then, you know, I, I get it because, but you've been on the other end of this. You look at Josh Allen and say, that doesn't look like a quarterback to me. And that part of it scares me away, too. So, you know, there's got to be a healthy balance for well, you somewhere, it was, George. It Someone was, looks too it much like a quarterback Josh and not Allen's, enough like a quarterback.
5: No, it was Josh Allen's performance. It had nothing to do with how he looked. I, I thought he's a physical monster. Right. You were calling him a tight end, though. Because that's what he looked, that's what he looked like. <laughs> he looked like a tight end playing quarterback. Like he was like a, a like a tight end playing quarterback very well, if that
4: if that makes sense. So you know, you're worried about the 49ers are gonna get tricked by Jimmy G face in someone who isn't Jimmy G. Exactly. It, exactly.
5: They fell for Jimmy G face too. <laughs> um, you guys, thank you guys for listening to Reister or Wrong. He's Ralph Amsden, I'm George Reister. Uh, Ralph will be out for a little bit as he's moving. So, uh, but yeah, so catch you guys. I'll catch you guys on Wednesday. Peace out.